Right. Erev Tov. What, you want to say Erev Tov? Erev Tov. Hey, Shalom, Shalom. What I'd like to do with the very little time I have is I'd like to do a little bit of a B'iyun uh, exploration of the first bracha of Shmona Esrei. So we passed out these cards here. And um, this back of the way is a, uh, what I call a Kavana card. I worked on this. I've taken every bracha of Shmona Esrei and kind of paraphrased it so that before you say the bracha, you can kind of quickly read in your head the paraphrase so you know what you're saying. So that's what this card is. And maybe it'll kind of help you. It's kind of part of a tefillah training course that I developed. And what I'd like to do today as part of the Musr is to uh, explore the text of the first bracha of Shemona Esrei. But before I do that, I'll just tell you a very quick story. So I was in yeshiva many, many years ago, and I had a turning point in my life. Uh, we were studying Gomorrah, Be'iun, of course, and um, it was Mincha. And we had just finished a very intense sugya. And right before I started my Mincha, a little voice went off in my head, and said, David, you invest so much time in analyzing and understanding the Gemara. Have you spent any time in analyzing and understanding the tefillah that you say every day? I mean, hopefully you'll do Chazara and these Gemaras, but every day, three times a day, you're saying Shemona Esrei. Have you ever applied that same kind of rigorous analysis to understand what you're saying? Well, I said to that voice, you know, I, I can't really deal with this right now because I got a daven, you know, and uh, maybe we could talk about this after lunch. You know, we would daven mincha before lunch, which made sense because we, you know, we didn't know if we'd get lunch, so we had something to daven for. And uh, so uh, the little voice didn't leave me, leave me alone. It said, I, I dare you to have kavana. Kavana. Whoa, kavana. Yeah, I dare you to say every word and think of what you're saying and allow it to touch you. And feel it. I mean, it's called tefillah, right? So, to feel it. And so, I said yes to that little voice. And I decided that day, for the first time, that I would try and mean every single word I said. And so, I started off with, Kishem Hashem Ekra Havu Godel Elokeinu. And the writer says, well, wait a second. Kishem Hashem Ekra, when I call out this name, I'm going to ascribe greatness to a different name? Did it make sense? But you know what? I'm not so much into introductions anyway, so I'll go on, because I never really read introductions of books, so we don't have to deal with that. But then I said, Hashem I realized that already I've said three different names of Hashem in these first two sentences. But I said, you know what? Let's get to it. Let's get to the, the meat of it. And I did Baruch, and I bent my knees, and I'm thinking, how come I'm bending my knees at Baruch? Ata, Hashem, Elohim. And I stumbled over every word. I mean, I could translate every word, but I didn't really understand. What was I actually saying? And I said, you know what? I don't care how long this takes me. Even if I just annoy myself enough, maybe this will force me to take some time to really sit and figure out, what am I saying? Well, I got to the end of the first bracha. And the entire yeshiva already finished davening. I got to the end of the second bracha, and they finished chazarat hashat. I got to the end of the third bracha, and everybody left the Beit Midrash. 
And I was standing there all by myself. And I said, I don't care how long this is going to take, I'm going to really think about every word that I'm saying. Even if I don't understand it, at least I'm going to admit that I don't understand this. I got to the fourth bracha and I had an experience. I heard a growl coming from the center of my being. I realized this is a very tefillah with much kavana. It was my stomach davening for lunch. And then I had a shayla, spikoch nefesh, you know, like, if I don't go eat, I don't know if I'll get anything. So I knocked off davening, I ran off to lunch, and I realized I'm a fake. I'm a fake. I do this every day, three times a day, and I invest so much time in understanding sugyas, and I didn't invest any time in understanding my davening. And so that's when I had a turning point and I started to do research on davening. And I wrote a book called Soul Powered Prayers, which by the way, uh, we're giving it as a gift to YU students as an e-book. So if you go to my website, rabbidavidaron.com, A-A-R-O-N, and you go to the bookstore, you can find two books actually that I'm offering. One book, which is my understanding, my research on Shemana Esrei, called Soul Power Prayers, and another work I wrote on a conceptual, spiritual understanding of Sefer Breshit, Chet Adam Rishon, and the Tikkun of that Chet, which is called Love is My Religion. So if you go there, you go to the coupon, and the code is YU, and so that's for the next three days that I'm here. Today what I want to do is I want to share with you some understandings of the first bracha. And, and it really deserves so much more time. But we'll do whatever we can with the first bracha. Now, of course, there's a lot of ways to understand something. There's shivim panim. So I'm not suggesting at all that this is the only way to understand this bracha. But this is, I think, a very valid way to understand the bracha. And I invite you to sit and you do your analysis and your understanding so that you find the meaning that it can have for you so that when you're davening, it won't just simply be words, but it will really become an avodas and alev. It'll come from your heart. So let's begin. Baruch atah Hashem. And we're not going to do the introductions because I told you I don't like it. I'm just joking. We don't have, we don't have time. I would do the first two brachas, but the two, two first sentences, kishem Hashem, but... Uh, I'd rather go to the first bracha for this time anyways. Baruch atah Hashem Elokeinu Elokei Aboteinu. Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. First of all, what is this first bracha saying? I think it's important that we really understand this first bracha because it has a unique halachic status. What is that halachic status about this first bracha that the other bracha don't have? This is audience participation time. Okay, what is that? Yes. You're supposed to have kavana. If you don't have kavana for this bracha, and you somewhere find yourself near the end of Shemana Esrei, somewhere in Bermuda, and realize, oh, I'm actually in the base of Midrash, and I'm davening, you're supposed to go back. Halachically, you're supposed to start all over. Although practical halacha today, we don't. Because Nebuch... So rarely do people have the, the ability of kavana that practically we don't go back. But the fact that that was the original status of this bracha tells you that this bracha is so important that if you don't understand and in some way internalize the meaning of this first bracha, that you really can't daven. And I call this, you know, it's called the amida, it's called the standing. 
And I believe that without understanding this first bracha, you don't have a leg to stand on. Because this first bracha tells you, who is a Kaddish Baruch Hu? Who are you talking to? What do you, why do you think he'd be interested in anything you have to say? Why would he be interested in you? I think that's a very fair question to ask and to answer before I daven. So we start off with the word Baruch. And the question is, what does the word Baruch mean? What does the word Baruch mean? Blessed. Who said that? You? Very good. And what does blessed mean? What? Blessed means blessed. I bless you, brother. <laughs> okay, what does the word Baruch mean? Yes, what does the word Baruch mean? Ah, excellent. You know, most of the time, when I go to schools and I ask the students there, what does the word Baruch mean? They say blessed. I say, what does blessed mean? They say Baruch. I say, okay, let's start again. What does it mean, blessed? What does blessed mean? It means Shefa. Bracha is abundance. If you get a Rosh Hashanah card, and it says, I bless you this year for wealth, health, and happiness, you're saying that I am davening, I am praying, I am wishing upon you an increase of wealth, health, and happiness. Baruch Atah Hashem, you Hashem, are the source of bracha, of abundance, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, material. Every form of bracha in your life, abundance, shefa, comes from Baruch HaElohim, from the Baruch, Baruch. And I believe that when you understand this first bracha, if this is your God, then this God will be the source of bracha. But I know a lot of people that the God that they believe in is not Hashem. Like the Lubavitcher Rebbe would say to atheists, the God you don't believe in, I don't believe in either. And so when you carefully read this first bracha, it gives us some really essential understandings of who Hashem is. And that kind of a emunah will be a source of bracha. So we're not only saying, you Hashem are the source of bracha, but you Hashem, who are this, that, that, this. You Hashem, who are, you are this kind of creator, this kind of sustainer. You are a source of bracha. And I've met a lot of people whose beliefs in Hashem does not bring the bracha. It brings them klala. They have an understanding of Hashem that is a burden and not a blessing. So let's see, what is the understanding of Hashem that would be a source of bracha? Baruch atah Hashem. You, Hashem, are a source of bracha. First of all, the fact that I can say you. I don't say you to my Rebbe. I would never say you to my Rebbe. What does the Rav think? What does the Rav want? I would say you to my Rebbe, and yet I say you to a Kaddish Baruch That's unbelievable. That I'm able to say and recognize that a Kaddish Baruch wants to be manifest in my life as close and personal, face-to-face, you. Eloheinu velohe avoteinu. You, Hashem, are our God and the God of our fathers. What is the difference between these two names? Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, Shema, Vaya, Shema, Mefurash, 
and all the other names. In this case, we're talking about Elohim, Eloheinu. So the name, the Shem HaMufurash, is the name that comes the closest to Hashem as He is, not relative to us. The name Yud Kevav, okay, is Lahavdil, but very much like my name is David. Yud Kevav is, so to speak, the personal name of Hashem. Now, my name is David is not relative to different people. My title is relative to different people. The name, all the other names of Hashem are titles that are relative to who you are in your relationship to Hashem, whereby the name Yud Kevavke is not really relative to you. Of course, a name has no meaning unless there's somebody else. If I'm on a desert island, then having a name doesn't have much meaning. So a name always implicates that there's someone other that is calling me, okay? But David doesn't change. But rabbi does. I'm a rabbi only because you are Talmudian. And I exist in the mind of my Talmudian. There are thousands of Rabbi David Aaron's walking around in people's minds. But that's a relative reality. If there are no Talmudian, there is no rabbi. I'm a father to my children. But without my children, I'm not a father. And I'm a husband to my wife. All the other names of Hashem are relative to us. So Baruch Atah Hashem, you Hashem, whereby on one hand, you are objectively Yudke Vavke, but on the other hand, Eloheinu, you become subjectively manifest to us, depending who we are. Eloheinu, there's a way that Hashem becomes present in the world uniquely to us. And there's a way that Hashem becomes present in the world uniquely through Avoteinu. And of course we want that all to be connected. But in every generation, our relation to Hashem is different. And I say to my Talmudim, you know, a lot of kids, if you ask them, why are you living a Torah life? They'll say, because my parents are. And maybe once upon a time that was a good answer. But today, it's just not going, to, it's not going to last for a lot of people. And so each and every one of us has a responsibility to develop a relationship with Yud Vavke and the unique way that Yud Vavke is manifest to me. David is manifest to my children as father. David is manifest as rabbi to his Talmudim. David is manifest as a husband to his wife. How is Hashem uniquely manifest to you? Eloheinu, this is the generation. Elohei Avoteinu. Okay? Now, each one of Avoteinu brought into the world a unique relationship that they enjoyed with Hashem. And they brought Hashem into the world. There's Elohei Abraham, Elohei Yitzchak, Elohei Yaakov. Who did Hashem, who did Yudke Vavke become manifest as to Avram Avinu? Who? Who is Elohei Abraham? Ha'el Hagadol. And who is Hashem relative to Yitzchak? How did Yitzchak understand Yudkei Vavkei and turn him into Elohei Yitzchak? Ha'el Hagibor. And how did Yaakov, in his unique relationship to Hashem, how did he bring Yudkei Vavkei into the world as Elohei Yaakov? That was Ha'el Hanora. All right? Each one of these patriarchs, in their unique relationship to Yudke Vavke, he became their God, 
and they became a channel to bring into the world something about Hashem that no one else had brought into the world about Hashem in the world. I remember I was at the Hespit of Rav Soloveitchik, Zichron of Rachat. If someone was there and didn't know this was the Hespit of Rav Soloveitchik, there was maybe, tel- maybe 10 Talmudim, I don't remember exactly how many, but a number of Talmudim that did the Hespitim, you wouldn't have thought it was the same man. There's no way. One described the Rav as a great master of, of Talmud, Another one described the Rav as a great halachic master. Another one made the Rav sound like it was a makubal. And another one described the Rav as, as a great scholar who sounded like an academic professor. They all revealed a different facet of the Rav based on who they are and their relationship to the Rav. You have a relationship with the Kodak Barb. And you're responsible. What is it about Hashem that you're bringing into the world? So there's Eloheinu in general. Elohei Avoteinu, Elohei Avraham, Elohei Yitzchak, Elohei Yaakov, Elohei Gadol, Gibor, Vanora, Elohyon. What is the Elohyon? There's so much more to bring down. Avram brought down Elohei Gadol, Gibor, Vanora, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Now, Elohyon. Hashem still Elohyon. And it's betav because Baruch Hu so dear to betachtonim because Baruch Hu wants to come into this world. How is it because Baruch Hu going to come into this world through you? You know, at the end of davening, you'll say Elohai, Nitzolah Shanai. Who's your God? Avram brought that facet Yuvke Vavke as his God, Elohei Avraham. So Hayel Agadol, Gomel Chazidim Tovim Vekanei Hakol. Hashem is Gomel Chazidim. What is the Chazidim of a Kaddish Baruch What do you think is the greatest gift a Kaddish Baruch could give you? The opportunity to be a conduit, a Kli, a Merchava, to bring something about a Kaddish Baruch into the world. Konei Akol. And he takes possession, loving possession of all of this. He owns this. Because he's invested in you. And so you're asking yourself, I've lost the Kli. Okay. Ah. The battery went dead. Okay, so you're going to have me yell. I yell at my kids so I can... I know how to yell. El Elyon is Hashem is Elyon. There's something still beyond. Ha'el ha'gadol ha'gibor v'anora. There's some more to come down. Gomel chasidim tovim. Hashem, what is the greatest gift Hashem could give you? Is His presence. The opportunity for you to bring something about Hashem into the world. Thank you. Okay. Into the world. Zocher chazdei avot. Hashem remembers the chesed of the avot. What was the chesed the avot did for Kodesh Baruch Hu? They brought Hashem to the world. The chesed of Avraham is he brought Yud Kevavke and the world was manifest. Yud Kevavke as HaEl HaGadol. Yitzchak HaEl Gibor. Yaakov HaEl Noran. And Hashem is going to reciprocate to the Avot for their chesed. And what He's going to do? He's going to Elotam. What does it mean that He's going to redeem us? What is redemption anyways? Redemption, if you get a coupon from Walmart and it says redeemable at any store at Walmart, that means that that coupon in your house has no value. But if you walk it into Walmart, it's now worth $10. Well, 
When Hashem is Goel Yisrael, it means Hashem restores to you a sense of ultimate value. What do you think could be your greatest value on this planet if it's not to be an over the Shem? And what does it mean to be over the Shem? It means to bring what you can uniquely bring about a Kodesh Baruch in the world. Are you bringing his chesed into the world? Are you bringing his emes into the world? Are you bringing his, 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 his rachamim into the world? Who is Ha'el Hagibor Nora for you? Who is Elohei you? Gomer chasidim tovim v'konei ha'kov zocher chasayavot v'mevi go'a lifnei v'nehem laman shamo for the sake of his name. That sounds a little selfish. He's going to redeem us. He's going to reciprocate to the forefathers. Laman shamo because it's all laman shamo. It's all for the sake of giving you the opportunity to build a Kodesh Baruch Hu's name in the world. He wants the name Elohei Yossi. Elohei David. Elohei Shmuel. What is it about when you're learning Torah? What unique chidushim are you bringing in the Torah? When you do chesed, what unique kind of chesed are you going to bring in the world? You're building Hashem's name. Laman Shemo. Bi Ahava. And it's all the Ahava. That's a, wait a second. It's Laman Shemo. That sounds a little selfish. And yet it's supposed to be Ahava. But it's supposed to be an act of love. So is it Laman Shemo? Is it an act of love? The truth is, that's the act of love. The act of love, the act of chesed, is Hashem has connected His name to us. He's connected His name to us. I have an amazing situation. I used to teach an actor called Kirk Douglas. You probably never heard of him. He's 104. You should just know hanging around 104-year-old people makes you feel really young. Except they just don't remember who you are. But So I, was used, I used to teach Kirk Douglas. He used to fly me to Los Angeles, teach him every week for five hours a day. And he would, come to the, he would come to the lobby to pick me up from the hotel. And I would, I would wait outside, of course. But one day, I must have come late. He walked into the lobby. Anybody, anybody in Los Angeles is hoping to see a star. And one walks into the lobby. I see this mob going on in the lobby. And I realize, oy vey, he must have come in looking for me. And everybody's running after him, getting his autograph. They want his autograph. I saw the receptionist. She was like a football player. She mowed everyone down. She took the first piece of paper she found, which was a tissue, and she ran up to him and aggressively asked him for his autograph. You know, And he graciously gave her his autograph. We got into the car. I said, Kirk, now I understand Tefillin. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I understand Tefillin. He said, well, I don't want you to talk. I said, you know, Kirk, I just saw how much people want your name on a piece of paper. Well, I want you to know that when you're putting on tefillin, Hashem is asking you to autograph His original piece, you. He wants His name on you. He wants His name on you. Because Baruch Hu wants His name on you. He's put His name on Klai Yisrael. And every single one of us, there's something about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's Laman Shema, the Ahava. He's doing this for the sake of His name. Melech Ozer Moshiach again. The Arizal says, Ein melech lelo am. If Hashem wants to be a melech, He needs a nation. He needs you. He doesn't need to need you. He doesn't need to need you. Kosh Baruch doesn't need to need anybody. But if He wants to become present in this world, and He does, and if He wants to be manifest as a melech, 
then he needs an Am. Baruch Atah Hashem. You, Hashem, are a source of bracha, Magen Avraham. You who protected Avram. Who did Hashem protect Avram from? More than he protected any of the other avot. So I would say that Hashem protected Avram from Hashem. Because Avram is the first man that stood before Hashem. Until Avram Avinu, there were either people that thought they were Hashem, they were gods, or they thought they were nothing. Avram Avinu is the first person to realize that Hashem wants a relationship with me. And that I'm important to Hashem. Because there's something about Hashem in our unique relationship. There's something about Hashem that I will reveal through who I am in my relationship to Hashem. It's like recently my, we had my birthday, all my kids were there, and the kids were remembering, you know, times that they were with me. And I thought, wow, it's so amazing. They all had a different father. There's something about me that who they are reveals something unique about me that the other children didn't do. So before we daven, this first bracha is telling you that Hashem is invested in you, Hashem cares about you, Hashem loves you, Hashem's name on earth is dependent on you, and Hashem has chosen, chosen to need you. He doesn't need to need you. There's an interesting teaching by Eric Fromm. Eric Fromm was not so Fromm, but he actually grew up in a Fromm family and his parents hired a Malamid to teach him. And in one of his, his, his books, he says there's two kinds of love. There's mature love and immature love. Immature love is I need you, therefore I love you. Mature love is I love you, therefore I need you. I choose to need you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us and chooses to need us and gives us the greatest gift, the greatest power, and says, you bring me in the world. You make me into a melech. I can't be a melech without an am. You bring me into this world. You make me a father. I can't be a father without a son. But you bring me... Avram Avinu understood that. He understood that Hashem wants a relationship and that that relationship is valuable. I think one of the most important lessons that we can take away from this is before I dove what kind of God do you believe in? A God that believes in you. A God, a God that has chosen and invited you into a relationship. A God that has linked the reputation of His presence on earth with you, your level of Torah, your level of davening, your level of mitzvahs. Every single one of you, I bless you all. By the time you finish your davening, you say, Elohai. You'll understand that you have a responsibility. Just as Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov have the responsibility. What is it about Hashem? And what is it about His name that you will bring and build into the world? Thank you very much.